It's 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States of America. In London, it's 3 in the afternoon, New South Wales, 12 midnight, and in Malaysia, it's 1964. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. And... This, I don't know if she'll come up, is Miko. And Miko came up to say hi. Hi, Miko. You want to come up? Come here, buddy. Come here. There we go. There's Miko. Oh, you okay? Oh, goodness. Wow. Too many cigarettes, huh? You okay? Look over there. Say hi to everybody. Hey, Luna Amethyst. Hi, yo. Good to see you. Um, yeah, little Miko is, um, <laughs> Luna says, hi, Miko. Miko is a little beside herself tonight. That's why the panting and not much of a smile because it is almost Hari Raya. Oh, you're welcome for the follow. Absolutely. Thank you for the follow. Uh, it is almost Hari Raya. Ooh, my other cam is down. Okay. Um, and fireworks are going off because, you know, celebration, Malaysia. And she's not a fan of fireworks. She was okay. She, they didn't bother her at all. But then um, last Chinese New Year, we actually had our own fireworks. Not big ones, little ones, little bottle rockets. And um, after that, she didn't like them anymore. So she is a little annoyed tonight. Yeah, poor baby. I know. You okay, bud? You okay? We love you. You're okay. And all those folks love you too. You want to look over there and say hi and thank you? Look over there. Say hi, everybody. <laughs> you can hear her panting. I can hear it in my headphones. You all right? You doing okay? You're okay. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah, I had a bad experience with fire. I had also a very bad experience with fireworks. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Because i got to get Miko down off my lap. Okay? You say goodbye to everybody? Say bye-bye. Say bye. Okay, you good girl? All right, bud. Here we go. Here we go. Good girl. All right. Thanks for stopping by, Miko. Oh, she doesn't want to go. <laughs> Went off prematurely and blew, blew the skin off my knuckle. Oh, my God. Oh, you want to come back up? It's all right. You do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, we, um, back when I was doing radio, uh, we did uh, a live broadcast from the 4th of July celebration in Torrington, Connecticut. And um, this made national headlines, actually. Um, what happened was... One, I think one of the, I don't remember what the year was. It's likely the early 80s, late 70s. And one of the fireworks, it was a professional fireworks display, but one of them either fell over or a whole rack full fell over. And so instead of shooting up, they started shooting out. This was held at uh, Fusenage Park, which is a small baseball park. And, um, yeah, so the giant professional fireworks started shooting across the field. 
Um, I was on the air live. A lot of people were there and listening. And also I was being broadcast through the public address system. So <clears throat> the fire department, of course, is always on standby. They were, uh, sorry, I just got to check so I don't roll over her feet. Okay. Uh, so they, uh, I was like just letting the crowd know to not to panic, to stay calm, relax, slowly head for the exits. And everything turned out. Nobody got seriously hurt that I'm aware of. It was a long time ago. Um, but it, it all worked out. But it was, not a, uh, it was not a good thing. There is probably, I know there was some tape of it. I mean, the old VHS, somebody was shooting videotape. Um, I, I don't know. I've never even looked it up, actually. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. But yeah, um, I love fireworks. I am a huge fan of fireworks, a big, big fan of fireworks. Absolutely love them. But um, they can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not careful. Um, fireworks are are dangerous when used by the wrong people or stupid people. Sadly, we have a lot of stupid people. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's my, uh, that's my fireworks story. Um, I'm just scared one will go off prematurely again. And they do that, you know. I mean, they're so mass manufactured. These, even the small ones or a bigger, like an M80. Do they still make M80s? That's what we used to call them. They were not a, their firecrackers are bad enough. But then an M80 is a next step up from that. It's just a big noisemaker. But um, yeah, to please, if you're going to play, I can't stop you from playing with fireworks, even though it's mostly illegal in a lot of places. Um, even here, they, they sell them. You can find them. Uh, not that difficult to do. Okay, I'm having some issues with my second camera tonight, and I'm trying to fix it as I'm talking. So if I, the, the stupid people with fireworks reminds me of a guy who shoved a firework in his pants. Well, you see, that's why you should not wear pants. That's why it's always best not to wear pants. Um, okay, I know I have a black screen. Just hang on and I will do my best to get the screen back. There! Ha! Look, it works. I'm back. You see? The old boomer can get it together once in a while. <laughs> and now the old boomer needs some coffee. <laughs> oh, my. The pause that refreshes. I bought a new set of headphones, by the way. No, these, these aren't them. They haven't come yet. And if, if they are not the low latency that they claim to be, I'm going to be really pissed. Because that's the whole reason. Even right now with these wired headphones, there is about a, a, I don't know, it's milliseconds. But it is a somewhat very slight delay between when I talk and when I hear it. And it's enough for us voice talent type people to be like, no, I can't deal with this. And this is a wired connection. So, <clears throat> yeah, pain in the butt. Mm. Uh, what else is going on? So anyway, yeah, we uh, we did our live on uh, Thursday night. 
we were on uh, Urban Jungle Food. Not not us. Mm, I'm not wearing pants, people. Me. But I was directing and producing our live broadcast for a Buka Puasa event. That was cool. Um, Drew Neon J and DJ SS yesterday. Mm. Oh, cool. Oh, I want to see that. Uh, well, now that I follow you on Twitter, I guess I will see it. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't do Twitter very much. I rarely post except a notice about going live. But um, but I do check it now and then, uh, not just not very often. Um, and usually when I go on, because it's been a while, I get like 500 notifications. You were tagged in this, you were mentioned in this, uh, and thank you for that. No, and I don't mean to make light of it. I appreciate it. Um, oh, we forgot to thank streambeats.com. They're the good folks who provide the uh, the music for the uh, stream here. It is live. It is free music. It is this stuff that you hear in the background. It's very cool. I love these tracks, and they're all free, and they're copyright-free, strike-free. Uh, if you're a streamer, Streambeats.com is the place. There's a whole variety of music. I use the rock album and uh, want to draw more for NSR. Well, do. Please do. Please do. Uh, Streambeats.com is the place where you'll find that. They don't pay me for that endorsement. I just want to say thanks to Harris Heller, Alpha Gaming, and the gang because they do remarkable work, and, uh, and we thank them for that. Hey, I will never pronounce this name. Munya Kathan just got here. Hello. It has been a while. Yes, and thank you. Thanks for popping in. Appreciate that. Um, we got lots going on. Miko was on a little early in the stream. She's actually still here sitting right beside me because she is... Uh, She's a bit worried about the fireworks. Uh, draw more NSR. Lots of cool designs. Good idea. Uh, Muna is fine. No worries. Okay, good. I hate screwing up people's name. Mine is pretty easy. Most people get it right the first time. Although people will say Shelton, T-O-N, because that's kind of a more common name than Sheldon. But, um, yeah, that's all right. We do our best. Um, we have a few things to do on our Facebook and news review. We're going to be getting to those. And, of course, we will also get into the rest of that chapter. I think it was Chapter 7 in Peter Pan. We'll have that coming up at the end uh, at the end of the show. Well, the end of the show. It's like 20 over minutes long worth of reading. But uh, that's all right. And we have yet to... I, 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 I'll admit... I was asked to check on the Little Prince to see if it was public domain. I have not done that yet, but I haven't forgot. Someone suggested we do the Little Prince next as our as our next book. Um, I can only do the ones that are in the public domain because, you know, copyrights and all that other crap. So I will check. And if it's in the public domain, absolutely we'll do the Little Prince uh, next because I love that book. It's, it'd be a great book to read live here on the stream. Um, otherwise, we've got a few other suggestions for you. If you'd like, uh, you can email nopants at jsheldon.com. That is our email address. I read all your emails. We do get quite a few. And I reply, everybody. Uh, show suggestions comments about things I talk about, and um, also book suggestions. What book would you like next? You can either stick that over there in the chat or um, 
or send me an email right there at the bottom of the screen right now. You'll see it. Uh, there we go. This way. Email nopants at jsheldon.com. And that will put you directly in touch with me. I read your emails. I do. And I always reply. Thank you for those who have uh, taken the time to pop a uh, pop an email out there. Appreciate it. Um, okay, let's move on to, um, you okay, bud? Nah, she's still hanging out. Miko's still hanging out here. She's, she's nervous still. Although I haven't heard any in a while. So, so far, so good. Um, Facebook review. Why is that not coming up? Um, let me take a quick look here and see why. This is probably why. There we go. Boom. Love this. Those, um, ridiculous terrorists at Black Lives Matter, uh, got a nice thump in the butt, uh, just recently. The Olympic Committee for the Tokyo Olympics has banned Black Lives Matter apparel and uh, protesting athletes could well be punished. So uh, that's cool. That's some good news. We can uh, move past that crap. Um, yeah, sorry. It's just, it's... The sentiment is there, but the group itself is just full of crap. So... There you go. Um, locally, uh, this headline popped up. You're tired. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, get some sleep. Take a nap. What time is it where you are? <laughs> um, we've got uh, we've we've hit some huge numbers for the amount of infections, daily uh, infections, uh, in Malaysia just in the past couple of days. It's 10 a.m. there. Oh, okay. So you're like on East Coast U.S. Um, and uh, we've had, I don't know, four or 5,000, somewhere around there as a daily number. Now, that's not deaths. That's not people in the hospital. That's just simply new infections uh, on a daily basis. They come out and, you know, there's all this drama, drama. Ooh, look at this many, this many. Um, so <laughs> I saw this and... I'm just going to read a little bit of the first paragraph. This came from the MalayMail.com. Over 150 potential COVID-19 hotspots. Now, read the words and listen to what they're saying. Potential. Uh, it's 7 a.m. for you? Oh, no, no, you're talking to Miwa, sorry. Uh, yeah, so 80% in Selangor, which is where I am. KL, shopping malls, hypermarkets dominate the Ministry of Health's HIDE list. HIDE is an acronym for what? The Hotspot Identification for Dynamic Engagement. Oh, we, we love our abbreviations here. Um, they released a list, and these are over 150 locations that are predicted to be potential hotspots over a seven-day period and that's best on the uh, based on the the hide uh big data analytics and and here's where i really scratch my head ai systems really okay um the 
bulk of the list is made up of shopping malls, hypermarkets, and grocery stores, with about 80% listed in Kuala Lumpur and Selangor, both of which have a relatively high-density population. So, uh, yeah, they come out with this scare tactic list about, oh, these spots, you know, we are under house arrest 3.0, by the way, um, which is about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. And um, then, of course, there's this wonderful graphic, which I have been using for a long time. This is cases reported uh, in Malaysia, percentage of COVID-19 case contributions from clusters in Malaysia. Now, this is from about a month ago. I assume things change slightly, but for the most part, likely not. Take a look at where the clusters of infections are. You see this blue? If you can't read that, that says factory, 48, just over 48%. Construction sites, 11.5%. Community spread, 12.5%. Okay. Shopping malls, 4%. Restaurants is one of these little teeny tiny slivers up here. You can't even really see or differentiate where it is. Uh, but somewhere up in this is restaurants, which now there is no more restaurant dining in. Everything is takeaway. So uh, are the factories shut down? Of course not. Are the construction sites shut down? Of course not. Now, community spread, first of all, can't shut down the community, obviously, although they're trying. But I'm willing to bet that when you look at community spread, this number relates to this number because all these people mostly go back into the same community when they're not at work. You hear that? That's a cat fight going out on in the alley behind my house. <laughs> There's a cat fight going on and Miko's going crazy. All right, back to the semi-seriousness. So, up here is a restaurant in this mess. Here, what is 48, 58, 59, 69, let's say for all intents, 70% is right here. And yet all of these areas continue to operate fairly freely. I'll just let that sink in with you for a while. Yeah. Um, what else we got going on? Nah, you know what? I'm going to save this, but I don't, I don't think I want to do this one. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? We, oh, I, oh, 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 I love this. Uh, hold on. Some chat here. Oh, dear. Wish we could cancel doing dine-in here in the States. But knowing the people here, it's not going to happen. Yeah, Americans love their freedom. Um, and they are not big on people telling them what to do. They figure they're grown-up people and they can make their own decisions. Sadly, here, we love to be told what to do. 
It's like we need the mommy and daddy government to to show us the way. Um, standing up for your freedom and your rights will usually get you reported, get you investigated. But I love this country. I actually do. For all of its faults and foibles. I always say that. For all the faults, and it has a million of them, and so does every other country on the planet, um, I still love this amazing country. Uh, okay, one more thing I got for you. Anybody remember the good old... Uh, this is Serena again. Crazy Serena Lee. Anybody remember the good old days before Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter? When you had to take a photo of your dinner, then get the film developed, then go around to all your friends' houses to show them the picture of your dinner? No? Yeah, me neither. So stop it. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that doesn't work, does it? Oh my! <laughs> um, are you all right, man? She's still. She, Miko is still so bothered by those fireworks. That's all right. You're doing all right, buddy. You hang out. You hang out with me tonight, all right? We're gonna do a book in just a little bit. You ready? Okay. All right. So. Um, we are on our new schedule, by the way. If you are so inclined, please, I ask you a big favor, and that is to uh, like, subscribe, share, uh, and again, it depends on what platform you're on. If you're on Twitch, I think it's a subscribe button. If you're on Facebook, Facebook Live, uh, it's I'm not wearing pants, and if you like this broadcast, this stream, if you also like the page, and if you really want to do me a favor, you hit the share button because that screws with the algorithms a lot over on Facebook. So, and on YouTube, of course, like, subscribe, and uh, that'll bring the numbers up. We're up to, uh, let's see, on Twitch, we've been doing really well on Twitch. We get like 108 followers, something like that. And um, we've got... Uh, 350-something YouTube subscribers. That's phenomenal. Thank you over there. And uh, Facebook also, we've got, uh, I think, over 100. I think I've got over 100 people on Facebook. I'm bragging now. Sorry. I was just checking my uh, checking my numbers to see, <laughs> see what they were. Uh, let's see. Where, where are we? I can't find it now. Oh, yeah, 316 people follow us on Facebook. Thank you. Wow, that's more than I expected. Almost the same as, as YouTube. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, if more of you would actually join me for the live stream, that would be good, too. That would be cool. But, um, yeah, that's all right. That's okay. We'll make it. No worries. Um, we're doing it anyway. It is time to thank the folks at the Gutenberg Project. They provide the public domain books that we read, and they're well-known books. We started doing The Wizard of Oz way back on the first stream. This, by the way, is what, stream number 58, I think? Wow. Um, we have changed our days, by the way. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when we stream now. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And... Um, 
And the Gutenberg Project provides uh, copyright-free public domain books for downloading. You can read them online, or you can download them in different formats, text files, um, Word docs, ebooks. They have some are in ebook format, and uh, you can read it on your tablet or whatever. <clears throat> and um, they're all free. So check out Gutenberg.org. That is where you will find the uh, the books that we read. I've got to see whether or not I have. Oh yeah, there. That's from our live stream. Check that out. <laughs> Uh, it's still hanging out there from when we did the live stream, so that's all right. But uh, this is the book. It's actually originally titled Peter and Wendy. Uh, folks really know it better for its common movie title, which is Peter Pan. And um, we have been reading a little bit of Peter Pan Um each day, each stream at the end of our stream. So we're going to continue to do that. We were on uh, chapter seven, I believe, and um, a lot was going on, but we're about to head out for another adventure because they have been in Neverland for a long... See? There it goes again. A long time now. So, accompanied by the sound of the neighbor's fireworks, here comes... It's okay, Miko. Peter Pan. Adventures, of course, as we shall see, were of daily occurrence. But about this time, Peter invented, with Wendy's help, a new game that fascinated him enormously, until he suddenly had no more interest in it, which, as you've been told, was always what happened with his games. It consisted in pretending not to have adventures, in doing the sort of thing that John and Michael had been doing all their lives. Sitting on stools, flinging balls in the air, pushing each other, going out for walks, and coming back without having killed so much as a grizzly. To see Peter doing nothing on a stool was a great sight. He could not help looking solemn at such times. To sit still seemed to him such a comic thing to do. He boasted that he hadn't gone walking for the good of his health. For several sons, these were the most novel of all adventures to him, and John and Michael pretended to be delighted also. Otherwise, he would have treated them severely. He often went out alone, and when he came back, you were never absolutely certain whether he had an adventure or not. He might have forgotten it completely, that he said nothing about it, and then, when you went out, you found the body. And, on the other hand, he might say a great deal about it, and yet you couldn't find the body. Sometimes, when he came home with his head bandaged, and then Wendy cooed over him and bathed it in lukewarm water while he told a dazzling tale, but he was never quite sure, you know. There were, however, many adventures, which she knew to be true because she was in them herself. And there were still more that were at least partly true, for the other boys were in them, and they said they were wholly true. To describe them all would require a book 
as large as an English-Latin-Latin-English dictionary. And the most we can do is to give one as a specimen of an averaged hour on the island. The difficulty is which one to choose. Should we take the brush with the redskins at slightly gulch? It was a sanguinary affair, and especially interesting as showing one of Peter's peculiarities, which was that in the middle of a fight he would suddenly change sides. At the gulch, when victory was still in the balance, sometimes leaning this way and sometimes that, he called out, I'm Redskin today. What are you, Tootles? And Tootle answered, Redskin, what are you, Nibs? And Nibs says, Redskin, what are you, Twin? And so on, and they were all Redskins. And of course, this would have ended the fight had not the real Redskins, fascinated by Peter's methods, agreed to be the Lost Boys for that once. And so, at it, they all went again, more fiercely than ever. The extraordinary upshot of this adventure was, but we have not decided yet that this is the adventure we're going to narrate. Perhaps a better one would be the night attack by the Redskins on the house under the ground, when several of them stuck in the hollow trees and had to be pulled out like corks. Or we might tell how Peter savaged Tiger Lily's life in the mermaid's lagoon, and so made her his ally. Or we could tell of that cake the pirates cooked so that the boys might eat it and perish, and how they placed it in one cunning spot after another. But always Wendy snatched it from the hands of her children, so that in time it lost its succulence and became as hard as a stone, and was used as a missile, and Hook fell over it in the dark. Or suppose we tell of the birds that were Peter's friends, particularly of the never bird that built in a tree overhanging the lagoon, and how the nest fell into the water, and still the bird sat on her eggs, and Peter gave orders that she was not to be disturbed. That's a pretty good story, and the end shows how grateful a bird can be. But if we tell it, we must also tell the whole adventure of the lagoon, which would, of course, be telling two adventures rather than just one. A shorter adventure, and quite as exciting, was Tinkerbell's attempt with the help of some street fairies, to have the sleeping Wendy conveyed on a green floating leaf to the mainland. Fortunately, the leaf gave way, and Wendy woke, thinking it was bath time, and swam back. Or again, we might choose Peter's defiance of the lions, when he drew a circle round him on the ground with an arrow, and dared them to cross it. And though he waited for hours, with the other boys and Wendy looking on breathlessly from the trees, not one of them dared to accept his challenge. Which of these adventures shall we choose? Well, the best way will be to toss for it. I have tossed, and the lagoon has won.
That makes one wish that the gulch or the cake or Tink's leaf had won. Of course, I could do it again and make it best out of three. However, perhaps fairest to stick to the lagoon. And so chapter eight comes along. We'll read part of this. We will not get all the way through it because it's quite long. It's the story of the mermaid's lagoon. If you shut your eyes and are a lucky one, you may see at times a shapeless pool of lovely pale colors suspended in the darkness. Then, if you squeeze your eyes tighter, the pool begins to take shape, and the colors become so vivid that, with another squeeze, they must go on fire. But just before they go on fire, you see the lagoon. This is the nearest you ever get to it on the mainland. Just one heavenly moment. If there could be two moments, you might see the surf and hear the mermaids singing. The children spent long summer days on this lagoon, swimming or floating most of the time, playing the mermaid games in the water, and so forth. You must not think from this that the mermaids were on friendly terms with them. Oh, quite the contrary. It was among Wendy's lasting regrets that all the time she was on the island, she never once had a civil word from one of them. While she stole softly to the edge of the lagoon, she might see them by the score, especially on Marooner's Rock, where they loved to bask, coming out their hair with a lazy way that quite irritated her. Or she might even swim on tiptoe, as it were, to within a yard of them. But when they saw her and dived, probably splashing her with their tails, not by accident, but intentionally. They treated all the boys the same way, except, of course, Peter, who chatted with them on Marooner's Rock by the hour, and sat on their tails when they got cheeky. He gave Wendy one of their combs. The most haunting time at which to see them is at the turn of the moon, when they utter strange wailing cries. But the lagoon is dangerous for mortals then, and until the evening of which we now have to tell, Wendy had never seen the lagoon by moonlight, less from fear, for, of course, Peter would have accompanied her, than because she had strict rules about everyone being in bed by seven. Well, she was often at the lagoon, however, on sunny days after rain, when the mermaids come up in extraordinary numbers to play with their bubbles. The bubbles of many colors made in rainbow water they treat as balls, hitting them gaily from one to another with their tails, and trying to keep them in rainbow till they burst. The goals are at each end of the rainbow, and the keepers are only allowed to use their hands. Sometimes a dozen of these games will be going on in the lagoon at the same time, and it is quite a pretty sight. But the moment the children try to join, they had to play by themselves, for the mermaids immediately disappeared. 
Nevertheless, we have proof that they secretly watched the interlopers and were not above an idea, taking an idea from them. For John introduced a new way of hitting the bubble, with his head instead of his hand, and the mermaids adopted it. This is the one mark that John has left on the Neverland. It must have also been rather pretty to see the children resting on a rock for half an hour after their midday meal. Wendy insisted on their doing this, and it had to be a real rest, even though the meal was make-believe. So they lay there in the sun, and their bodies glistened in it, while she sat beside them and looked important. It was one such day that they were all on Marooner's Rock. The rock was not much larger than their great bed, but of course they all knew how not to take up much room, and they were dozing, or at least lying with their eyes shut, and pinching occasionally when they thought Wendy wasn't looking. She was very busy stitching. And while she stitched, a change came to the lagoon. Little shivers ran over it, and the sun went away, and the shadows stole across the water, turning it cold. Wendy could no longer see to thread her needle, and when she looked up, the lagoon, that had previously been such a laughing place, seemed formidable and un friendly. And that sounds like a pretty good place to leave it. <laughs> we'll find out why on our next stream. That's cool. Peter Pan. All right. Well, as you can see, for the most of that story, I have been joined by the adorable Miko. <laughs> because some fireworks went off and she was begging to come up. So, of course, we're going to we're going to Add her to my lap here. You okay, buddy? You all right? You sure? Yeah. She's all right. Okay, folks. <laughs> I can't get rid of her. She will not get down. So there you go. I thank you for joining us. Uh, we're live on Facebook. I'm not wearing pants. Please subscribe. Like the page. Like the show. Also, YouTube. Uh, Jay Sheldon's YouTube channel. You'll find us over there. Be sure you subscribe and like. And on Twitch.tv, Jay Sheldon No Pants is where you'll find us. And uh, we will see you again on Monday. Monday night is our, uh, our next broadcast, our next stream. Until then, thank you. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. And this is Miko, and she's not wearing pants either. Say bye. Good night, everybody.